Welcome to the Safina Society podcast. How are you guys doing? So this is our first uh, virtual podcast. Uh, so we're doing it online. So you guys might hear the, the, the differences in audio here. Um, uh, so the, I think the topic that we're going to talk about today is really starting off on what it's like to be in a more virtual sort of world. And um, I think the, the first thing I've noticed is, is it's hard to meet up with people now. I mean, it's only been like four or five days and I feel like I have cabin fever already. Well, I'll begin with uh, that the idea of being on the computer all day. For me, it hasn't been an issue. I think for a lot of adults, it's not an issue. But for some kids that it's new to, it's pretty, it's not nice to see uh, mm-hmm. someone who has never been on the computer all day to always being on the computer all day. Uh, it's something that is not <laughs> nice to see. But for me, I think it's, um, I guess it's been a little bit easier. Uh, the, it's, if it's prolongs, then I think the lack of physical meeting is not going to be good. Uh, for for personal social reasons, but it's it's been fine. Uh, a lot of people relying upon a, a, you know a technology that we've already been using, and I think homeschoolers are already ahead of the curve too because they've already been doing this stuff. You know, so we're all homeschoolers now. I guess if you're, uh, I mean, none of you are, uh, but there's some something a lot of listeners you know probably dealing with right now. I think the the biggest benefit, and I'm trying. I'm going to try to stay as as positive as I can, since I, I am fairly negative about this whole situation. But uh, I think the biggest positive I've seen is is the this has sort of been a catalyst to make a lot of uh, things go remote. Um, yeah, I think the the podcast is a great example. I mean, we've been trying to do this for a number of months, almost like years at this point. <coughs> Never uh, gone and done a virtual episode, so. I think it'll, it's made a lot of things a little bit easier. I think even things like government forums and things like that, once this blows over may, you know, be, we might be living in a more virtual world. And I'm curious to see how we can turn this into a positive thing, right? I know uh, people are very against like oh, be, being virtual all the time, but maybe there's some benefit in this, right? Maybe there, you cut down on commutes, you cut down on a lot of other things, um, well, uh, I spend a lot of time, you spend a lot more time with the people in your house if you have people in your house. I think it's a big problem, though, for people who are lonely, who are alone in the house. It's a big problem for people who um, maybe not even get along with the people that they live with, right, or are limited with the people that they live with. So uh, it's going to be, a, you know, back and forth. It's going to be beneficial for taking down commute time and spending time with people that you live with, but it's negative for the people who, well, what's up? It's negative for people who don't have. What is that feedback? You hear that feedback? Still a clicking? No, no, no. It was, no, it was like an echo. Uh, I think it's gone here. All right, let me try that again. <clears throat> so it'll be a positive for people who commute, uh, take out the commute time and all that and spend time with the people in your house. But it's a negative if you don't have anyone in your house. And a lot of people don't have people in their house. So they have to be taken into consideration. Not every Muslim household is some kind of big happy family. And sometimes worse, you have people in your house that you can't stand, right? That you- <laughs> yeah. So vir- virtual is really bad unless you have an excuse to lock yourself up in your room and say, I'm being virtual. Yeah. And I think there's also, I mean, maybe we're getting too on the negative side of things here, but there's also a lot of people that can't work from home. 
home, right? Like just because of the nature of their job. So you know, obviously if you work in an office, if you work in a, an environment where you could just log in on a laptop and <clears throat> do your work from anywhere, that makes sense. But there's a lot of things that I think like keep society going. A lot of jobs that, uh, that, that can't be remote, you know, like we wouldn't be able to be remote if like our trash wasn't being picked up and stuff. So, well, here's a question for you. Uh, in any office building, in any school, in anything, how many people are employed in non-content functions? A lot. A lot. I mean, I would say like a good 10% probably. So your maintenance, your grounds crew, your yep. all that stuff. <coughs> I mean, and you all, you all, a lot of people also forget that just because people work in tech doesn't mean they all work, you know, <clears throat> can work remotely. There's a lot of people who maintain cloud servers and maintain the infrastructure of all these things. Um, I mean, I work for a large telecom agency and I know if uh, there's, we have so many employees that go out there to fix people's internet and fix people's things. Like if if they couldn't get out there, you wouldn't even have internet. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, um, it's it's the blue collar though. It's yeah, it's all blue collar. Right. Well, they're the ones who are going to suffer. What I do, everything is person to person. Mm. There you go. Mm. I, I still yeah. work in an environment and in a type of industry where you actually need a wet signature on a document for it to be valid. Mm. So and are, like, are no, you in? Are I, you I've been, today was my last day in the office. So as of, to, as of tonight, I start working from home. Skyping with, the, with people? Yeah, we're using Zoom actually. Oh, the whole world is using Zoom. I mean, I'm surprised yeah. this that hasn't Should've crashed. Some well, Zoom. Zoom was always the best Cares. video platform for the last. <laughs> like few years now just people weren't using it i mean why don't you guys chinese right don't even start (laughs) (laughs) listen listen why didn't you guys say anything about you doing a virtual uh podcast a long time ago when we were commuting five hours me and alex five hours commute to south jersey and getting passports and visas to go to south jersey yeah it was really suggested it it. we just never explored it i've been suggesting it for years (laughs) i think we all we all had concerns about uh audio quality if we did it this way well well that's why all the people like me and sad needs to stop coughing take it are you sick This is the third time you've coughed, man. Bro, I don't even want you virtually around me. Listen, exactly. It doesn't come through the screen. Listen, well, I mean, there's a a, a video that was going around the other day about the true reality of the internet, right? And not to make fun of the sheikh or anything, but the theory was quite wild. (laughs) And the theory Uh was that it was, in fact, uh, that the electricity is the the, the uh, is a gin. Gin is electricity. And that it's gin that is moving stuff from the servers to you to your screen and it's the world of gin so this is a a rehash this is a rehash from uh one of the early egyptian modernist salafis really um yeah i don't know if it was al-afghani or one of the other guys he said what what did he was like electrical impulses yeah so this sheikh said gin are electrical impulses and I mean, he looks like a very pious sheikh, but the theory is just a little bit out there. He says that they're, they're electrical impulses, and by getting us the world online, the more time you spend online, he sucks your energy out, right? And you're feeding the world of jinn by being online. And, um, and that, in fact, through the cable wires and through the silicon chips, 
The silicon chips are their homes and their cable wires are their highways and pathways for travel, right? So, I mean... Um, Wouldn't that be the case for electricity overall? That's a good so, question. So, and, and where did they live before the silicon chips? Yeah. Exactly. That's my same question. Like, are you saying that gin didn't exist before the, the discovery of electricity? Yeah, good question. And, and what happens when I am uh, <clears throat> typing something about the Quran or something, wouldn't they be against that? I mean, why would they go and retrieve that? Well, I mean, if they're a Muslim jinn. So, he's, so he's, he has them being on there too? Right? <laughs> so, Quran.com. <laughs> Quran.com is run by Muslim jinn. <laughs> Come on, man. That's, yeah, that's so, so, well, he's, he said furthermore that code is jinn languages. <laughs> well, that <laughs> might be good. true. <laughs> yeah, that, that might be true. So, uh, well, if you if you took on uh, a theory like that, then maybe yeah, the virus might end up in the MP4, right? And, and it might end up uh, coming out of the speakers of the listeners, right? I mean, if we keep going down that route, but alhamdulillah, we're not. So, next topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you know what's interesting too is this is only like the third or fourth day. Like I was saying, you know, I have cabin fever. What? What really tr- worries me and troubles me is, is how do we deal with this in, at a longer scale? And I, I know there's people at my work that are like, oh, we're going to be wrapped up in two weeks and be back to work. And I'm like, I'm, I, don't know how, I don't know how to break it to them. Like, we're not getting back to work in two weeks. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> um, and so how do we deal with a semi-permanent situation? Uh, you know, th- because this, I, I don't think it's going to get wrapped up for, you know, four to six months. Um, at least this virtual sort of world. Well, you, you, does anyone have anything else to say before I put in my two cents? Go ahead. Well, I think you just create a new routine, right? I mean, um, this is not going to be anywhere near the hardship of jail, and they create a new routine. And I think the new routine should be should involve. <laughs> like you, you I mean, started we, off just comparing it to jail. I mean, so. just think about them. They create routines. They're like physically fit. Some of these guys, right? <clears throat> they, yeah. These guys look great, and they're eating trash. They're well read. They're well read. A lot of these guys do great. And I met a guy, Subhanallah, at the homeless run the other day. He came in and he said, "Hey, you guys are Muslim," and we said, "Yeah." And he said, "And he Audhu billahi min rajim," and he broke out with Abdul Basit. Right, exact copy of Abdul Basit. So I said, "Where did you learn that?" <clears throat> he said, "There was an inmate in the jail who would play a, a tape. He was the only Muslim. His well behaved, his, his good behavior allowed them to give him a cassette tape, like one of those little cassettes with a tape player and the speaker on the side of the cassette tape, and he would play that. Okay, and he would play the whole night, forty-five minute side, and everyone would fall asleep to that. Eventually." The whole jail, the whole, you know, group of people in the jail were all listening and would fall asleep to that, right? Mashallah. And he persisted and he's only allowed one tape. So he kept playing the same tape, right? One day side A, one day side B, okay? One night side A, one night side B. And until he, the guy memorized the side, right? He memorized it and he was able to recite it. He didn't even know what he was reciting. <clears throat> he wasn't a Muslim. But he said, oh. when, that, when that guy left, I couldn't sleep anymore. None of us could sleep anymore. So wow. subhanAllah, that guy was bringing malaika into the jail by day in, day out. Right? And so they were falling asleep to that and, and benefiting from that. So if we just uh, you know, think about them, they have routines. 
and we got far, a million times better our situation is so it's about it's about having a, a, a sleep cycle that makes sense that's good it's about getting physical exercise so that you can get tired even if that means a long walk like my preferred physical exercise believe it or not is a really long walk okay uh, whether or not it's outdoors or on a machine it doesn't make a difference to me i really like to have a nice fast-paced walk but a long one right so that you know the type of walk where you're actually sweaty and tired at the end of it but you like had 10 just... minutes <laughs> <laughs> but but one that doesn't kill your knees over you know years and if you do something more intensive good for you but then the other one is cleaning up right cleaning up because when you stay home all day the place gets dirty right so so getting clean getting clean getting tired having a a, 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 a wake up a sleep cycle that's good and then lastly changing your clothes changing your clothes like getting dressed in the morning moeen's dressed i don't know did you go to work moeen you said you work from home yeah uh, so i mean i i when i started my career i worked almost exclusively from home um and i remember the first like four months were just horrible and then like you were saying in terms of a routine there's just certain things I do. The, the one of the most important is getting dressed in the morning. I think that's extremely important. Um, yeah. Whether you're working from home or not, I think it's extremely important to get dressed in the morning because it, it puts you in a state of, you know, I, I'm, I'm changing, I'm going from this, you know, mode of waking up and having breakfast and then now I'm, I'm actually going to work now. And that, that's helped a lot. Uh, that's a big I, deal. Yeah. Changing your clothes is a big deal. Yeah, and it's not just the top, right? Like <laughs> you put yeah, some pants yeah. on, like get yeah. get ready, ready. And I think that makes a huge deal. No, I actually put my shoes on, believe it or not. A I'm lot of a lot of Muslims don't wear their shoes in the house, but I I clean my shoes. So uh, huh. you know, I, I as, <laughs> in, as long as it's not a carpeted area, I actually you know find that. Also, I mean, in the morning, it's the floor is cold anyway. So um, I actually put everything on, and uh, it changes everything. It changes your whole mindset about things. I, I think one thing. Uh, for people who can't work from home, it is definitely, you know, a different conversation. But one thing I found is I know a lot of scholars and, and, and Muslims online are, we should, are saying, you know, we should use this opportunity for halwa and, and, uh, and, and meditation and dhikr. Here's one thing that, that I have a question about. My day, it's not like I've actually gained any time in the day. Besides my commute of like one hour or so, right? One hour, one hour, let's say an hour and a half or so of commute time. I still have to work the whole day, right? It's not like, uh, you know, I'm, I now have this time of seclusion. If anything, now these people are pinging me at like, you know, midnight asking me for stuff. Uh, because it's like, oh, you're home. You're just chilling anyway. Right? Yeah. So, it's, it's, so I, I think it's not like we have all of this extra time now. It's... I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I feel that we don't have so much. I don't have so much extra time, but at the same time, I don't have the same level of hassle. And, and, and you know, there's an annoying part of your day and you come home and you're tired, you know, just that's eliminated, right? That's been eliminated. I, one thing we don't have is we haven't had to hit the first weekend yet, but that's what I'm looking forward to. Right, a a weekend of no parties, no dinners, no birthdays. I mean, I hate those things anyway. So this is uh, great <laughs> for me. 
like yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have to go do all these things i can actually sit and read a book well, I'm, well <laughs> sometimes the weekends with all those uh amins and fatihas and and nikah yeah. and, and all that you, i mean you're not even going to funerals if someone dies right so yeah. uh all that could make the weekend more tiring than the week Right, and your your cheeks Absolutely. your cheeks are so tired because you have to smile to all these people, right? <laughs> I come home and I don't want to talk, right? I just I don't want to smile, I don't want to talk yeah. because I've been smiling to people all day. But uh, it's going to be nice. And, and I was thinking the other day, could you imagine if a, your sheikh told you, "Listen, no more sports, no more weddings, no more go and hang out with your friends, no more of any of this," right? I'd do bay right. immediately. You would do, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'd, be, that you, meme. You, you'd be like, man, this is too strict. This is too much. I can't do this, right? But here we are. We have it on by force, right? So it's it's compulsory now. So you might as well make use of your time. I saw a meme that said, "When your daily life is classified as quarantine," it was like <laughs> the dude whose face is the same before and after. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what about people quarantined in an apartment? I mean, how close, <clears throat> well, the thing is that you can still take a walk. What are we talking about, right? This is well, not now. the dead of this is not the dead of winter. It's not like where, there's no oxygen outside. Yeah, you can still take a walk. So I mean, people. Don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Moin, let let me change the subject a little bit, if I if I may. That I'm hearing two opposite messages from people, right? And I don't know who to believe. I'm don't hearing listen to the other guys. Just um, listen to us. Unless I'm hearing from physicians on both sides that this is it. This is the big one. The biggest yeah. calamity of our generation. That's number one. I'm hearing from others who are laughing. They're laughing. And they're saying. Who are the others? Physicians. ER mm. physicians and stuff who are saying that this is only affects people who are, would have already died from the flu if they got it. Immunocompromised, blah, blah, blah. If your children are basically not, not dying from this. If you're under 40, you're good to go unless you have some major. So I, I got to be honest. I don't know who to believe. That's why I haven't commented on anything about the severity of the crisis. And I mean, so Moeen, so my question to Moeen is, what has given you this certainty or this, the zeal to believe that this is the big one? All right. So a few things uh, I have to give. Uh like 99% of the credit to Saad. So he, he told me about this, like, you know, uh, he, he got me. I had to, thing. I had to convert Moeen to this line of thinking okay. yeah, like so, two I months mean, ago. I, I mean, I, I was a, uh, I'm calling them flu bros, right. Who are still calling this thing the flu. Uh, I was a flu bro back in January. Uh, yeah. But I was very quickly converted by Saad. So there's a few things that, that I want to talk about here. All right. So here, I, I pulled up a tweet uh, from the World Health Organization. Uh, they who? Tweet, the World Health Organization. That was a joke. The who? Oh, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, So I pulled up a tweet from the who. Uh, they said on January 14th, uh, preliminary investigations conducted by the Chinese authorities have found no clear evidence of human-to-human -human transmission of the novel coronavirus. This is the who, Okay. Uh, so a couple of things. I think even Saad and I that were on random discords and Reddit threads and on, on these accounts, we knew that there was already confirmed human to human transmission. We knew a lot of things that, that a lot of people just weren't reading up on. And, and it's not that, you know, we're or the people who are keeping up to this, keeping up with this are any smarter than these doctors or anything like that. 
I would say it's akin to, you know, Nazmul knowing way too much Aqidah and philosophy more than some scholars, right? It's just he yeah. has a lot of time on his hands. And uh, I, I think the truth of the matter is, yes, there are virologists, there's epidemiologists, there's scientists, but that doesn't mean that they're keeping up with this thing and following uh, the news. They're not making sure that the evidence and uh, information they're getting is accurate. Take the who. If the WHO is telling people that there is no human-to-human transmission back in January 14th, then obviously people are going to be like, oh, maybe there's not. Like, I'm not smarter than the WHO. It's an appeal to authority, right? We constantly just say, oh, I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a scholar. Like, how would I know, right? But I think it's extremely important for people to do their own research as well because people lie. Uh, People have other agendas. I mean, this guy... Uh, running the who, Dr. Tedros, he, uh, I mean, Saad can comment on it, but he, I mean, he was charged for, you know, other things like 10 years. Yeah, he was ago. covering up cholera outbreaks in his home country. Yeah. So how can I trust this source of information? Right. And we know, like, even in the Islamic tradition, when you have, what is mutawatir hadith, right? Which is you have so many different reports and so many different claims saying the same thing that it can't possibly be wrong. You're telling me that, you know, so many reports came from China that they're hiding the numbers, they're lying about the numbers, and we're here saying, oh, don't worry, China's numbers are perfectly accurate, we can believe this. How can I believe that? It just doesn't make any sense. And so, uh, here, here's a few facts I'm going to lay out, and, and I'm not a virologist, I'm not an epidemiologist, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, I'm just a, a random guy, but I don't think it takes anything more than common sense to know some of these certain some of these things one it's definitely not the flu because of a few things mortality rate and the way that it spreads uh the flu is not spread uh airborne right we we, you have to touch a surface that somebody sneezed on or coughed on uh the flu doesn't do that uh another thing is the flu doesn't spread asymptomatically meaning i could be i could have covid i could you know, have COVID right now and have no idea that I have it. And I could go to someone's house and spread it. And then that person will get sick. The flu absolutely doesn't do that. Um, In addition, the flu doesn't do other things such as uh, um, there were reports that even people who were in the same apartment building through the ventilation, someone in the other, other, other apartment was getting sick. I mean, it's, this report is not out there. That means it's airborne. Yeah, it's, it's airborne. Uh, and, and then a few other things is there was a mention of cytokine storms, right? Where people who were young, who, because they were young and had healthy immune systems, it's almost uh, similar to like a, what do you call it, a histamine attack, right? What do you call that? Um, Ants. Huh? Like a, a allergies? Yeah, like an, what is that called? An immune response? Yeah, an immune, like an immune response, right? In which, you know, your body, that's what histamines are. It kicks into overdrive. Yeah, antihistamines, that's what it is, right? So what happens is these cytokine storms, they kick into overdrive for only young people and people with like good immunity. And these guys end up collapsing and dying on the spot. Yeah. And this was reported in Iran and Italy. It happened in China. But this is nowhere in the news. It's nowhere anywhere. Right. It'll get there. I mean, in two weeks, we'll find out and then people will freak out. Um, 
the young people who are getting this and then recovering it, they have uh, lung damage. The, there was reports about um, of, uh, kidney, heart tissue, yep. reproductive damage. Reproductive damage. And this is all for young people, right? Anybody below the age of 40. Now, that's literally only the health problems, right? Like, like actual health and, and bodily problems. Let's now take into consideration the, the, the healthcare impacts and the societal impacts of what this could do. If you have a hospital uh, that has uh, X number of ICU beds, in the US, there's approximately 110,000 ICU beds. Now, a regular hospital bed isn't the same as an ICU bed right? Uh, it requires special, special care. There's different equipment. Uh, all of those things, there's about 110,000 of them. Now they're saying that approximately 20 pe- 20% of people that contract this disease will be in a situation uh, in which they'll need an ICU bed. Now that number might be a little bit lower. If you're looking at Italy's numbers, it's wavering around like 10 to 15% need an ICU bed. That 110,000, isn't just for COVID, right? People are using those ICU beds now. So they're probably around 50 to 60% capacity already. Some people claim that they're already full, right? There's, there's not very, they're very much capacity at all. So you use up those ICU beds. Let's say you double the capacity overnight, which is not going to happen, but you double the capacity overnight. You have 200,000 ICU beds. That's nothing, right? If, if, if you have, uh, a million people getting sick or 500,000 people getting sick, then, then you're going to run out of those ICU beds very, very, very quickly. In addition, as you shut down the economy, you shut down businesses, you shut down all these other things, you're going to impact all of these other areas, right? And, and people, let's say, you got sh- let's say you had to have a selective surgery. A lot of hospitals are already stopping selective surgery. So you, if you wanted to get a surgery, you're not able to get, get it because there's COVID patients taking the bed that you need. And that's, this is only the start. Uh, well, that's, those are secondary consequences. Right. And then, so now we're just talking about secondary. And then, and then I'm, I can keep going on and on and on. But just uh, how far I've gotten in the conversation already, it's very clear this is not the flu, right? Uh, even take something, I mean, this is huge. Omrah getting canceled. How much of an impact does it have on the, the, the economy of, of, of Saudi Arabia overall? Enormous. Right, all of the Hajj companies and the Umrah companies all across the world are getting impacted. How about potential Hajj cancellations? Mm-hmm. And that's and that's Absolutely. there, right? And and looking at the timeline of this thing, right? Hajj is what three, four months. It's very likely that Hajj will change, whether it's can't suspended or not. I don't know, but maybe they might limit it to only certain countries. Maybe there's a much longer process, but the the it's going to be impacted. I think that's, it's pretty clear at this point. All right, question for you. Have you studied and looked into the effects of other, the, the plagues of past centuries? Because there have been plagues in each of the past centuries, even if, if not like plague, but infectious diseases that spread around that there was no cure for that spread around really quickly, such as the Spanish flu, such as cholera, such as what was the before that? I can't remember. But one of the interesting... Plague. The actual Black Plague was way before that. Yeah. But one of the interesting things that, that someone could make, do a study of is that these sicknesses cause such a disruption. And then you could note that there tends to be a major war 
in the decade following that plate, almost like textbook. It's amazing, actually, if you, if you align them up. <clears throat> and it'll be really interesting to see if the sickness, or right, the plague that went around, altered the way, you know, the, the power structures of the world. Yeah. Ended up in a domino effect. Of course they do. The yeah. the, uh, these things tend to leave in lasting impressions on the world that kind of shift its trajectory a little bit. Yeah. So that usually means like social upheaval, political upheaval, which are the, a lot of the conditions for why warfare starts in the first place. So, yeah. you know, that, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. I mean, I haven't studied it in depth, right? I mean, <clears throat> just over the past few months, we've been looking at this stuff. However, like, I think the world is very, very different than what it used to be. Uh, I think we, this is a fact. I mean, back in, if, if I could just speak about my village in India, because I've been there and I know how it works. If 50 years ago, you could have just put somebody at the front gate, closed off the village, and it was self-sufficient. You had farms and everything, and nobody was coming in, and nobody was going out, and you could spend decades in there, and nothing would happen. Yeah. Right? So that type of world almost doesn't exist except for in certain areas, right? Yeah. Maybe like in the middle of Jordan somewhere, you could do that. But mm -hmm. I mean, when it comes to Western nations, that doesn't exist. We have uh, just-in-time supply chains, right? So we don't even have... All right, so I'm back. All right, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, can, can I bring up a topic here? That's yeah. pretty interesting. All right, let's go uh, back into the history here. All right. Um, corona so far, as of March 18th, has, uh, the death toll is around, let's say, 9,000 as an estimate. Is that, the, just, is that a number that you... That's that's sounds, it. Sounds, about, sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds right. All right. The last plague that was, we've had two bad, two bad uh, things that went on. Everything good? Yeah. Okay. So the Spanish flu, 1920, exactly 100 years ago, the Spanish flu was worldwide. Okay. And that killed 100 million people. Okay. 100 million people died, estimate, okay? Um, we go back 18, let's see, what else. In the, in, in, believe it or not, in the 19th century, there wasn't a, uh, maybe the record keeping wasn't as good, but there were a million people in 1890, worldwide flu pandemic, influenza, and then a million people in cholera, uh, from in Russia, from cholera, okay, but nothing massive worldwide in the 19th century. Let's go back to the uh, 18th century. 18th century again, record keeping. We don't know what's going on in terms of that. But Persia, they had a a Persian plague. Two million people died of that. Okay, moving back even further. Uh, 30 to 90% of the population of England died, uh, sorry, of Southern England, all right, died in the uh, New England epidemic, Southern New England, I'm sorry, Southern New England died of an epidemic. We don't know what that, what the population of that was in the first, uh, in the first place. These are Native Americans. Uh, so the Spanish flu so far, maybe because of rep record keeping, uh, has the lead in deaths. All right, until you now, you finally go to Plague of Justinian, 
that's the, the Black Plague. And that's where, that's the massive one. 40% of the population of the, middle, of the Mediterranean countries in Europe. So that's unknown how many, 25 to 50 million people. Okay. So the Spanish flu ranks as number two. Okay. Um, and we said those other plagues, a million from the cholera pandemic, a million from a flu, the influenza in 1890, and then a hundred million, again, we said Spanish flu, a million from the Hong Kong flu, which is influenza A, all right, H3N2, and then 32 million from AIDS, okay, worldwide. Uh, which they're, they, they say commence in the Congo Basin or they're blaming it on the Congo. Easy out for people who can't defend themselves. Um, but, you know, looking at that in comparison, I mean, Corona's got to do a lot, you know, to, to be listed with those giants. Corona still has quite a way to go. I mean. I, well, here's yeah. where I think that type of thinking is flawed. Uh, I, I see but a lot of But that's just straight up statistics. I mean, Corona, it's, it's been what? All right, if it lasts a year, one year, at this rate, what are the numbers going to be? Even if the numbers are 10, right? 10 people died. Let me tell you why this is a big deal. One is because I think I, I see a lot of people just comparing numbers and saying, and right now, look, I'll, I'll be frank. People dying from hunger is going to be more than the people dying from corona. Yeah, but you can't catch hunger if someone sneezes on you. That's right. why those analogies are, are not, you know. Also, they're more dramatic than anything else. But that's also, also go ahead. Go ahead, son. Also, I mean, I, the only thing I was going to say is that um, this is, uh, right, th those, those previous uh, pandemics and illnesses have, have probably, at, at this point in time, have probably killed you know, way more people statistically. But a lot of like the records keeping and, and the, the numbers was done after the fact. So for like the Spanish flu, which was the most recent one, um, they didn't come to that estimate of like 100 million people dying until very recently. Like it's in modern times that they were able to accurately estimate that, hey, this probably killed 100 million people. So yeah. a lot of these statistics are kind of hindsight statistics. So so even with Corona, right, we're at the beginning of like, if you, if you picture the entire, if you picture the entire pandemic as like this parabolic kind of normal curve that, that goes up and then tapers off, we're like at the very beginning of that hump, right, before it's coming. And so we're not going to know how much damage it does until it's done, basically. Wait, so and you don't so think that we're, we're near the hump? Oh no way! <laughs> no, yeah. actually, it's not even me. It's um, if you if you ask most uh, most of the researchers right now, they'll tell you that we're not even at the beginning of the hump. See, um, I mean, you're I don't I don't uh, you're you're uh, you're very confident in that, but it just I don't I'm trying to figure out how do you present this as an argument. I mean, 2009, yeah. 2009, right. worldwide. Well, can, you, can you tell me why the opposite is true? What What's the opposite? That we're we're in the peak of this. That this is almost down. over. Uh, no, I I can't say that. I can't argue it either way. Yeah. So here, but what I'm saying is that what I'm saying is that as a scoreboard, if I'm yeah. looking at, because ultimately, what's the big deal? Death is the big right. deal, right? So that's yeah. the number. What I'm going to care about, right? Yeah. The worldwide H1N1 flu yeah. pandemic, 
that hit about 250,000 people died. And some people estimate that uh, it's up to 500,000 people died from H1N1, right? Right. And I mean, not the life, the, we don't even, people don't even know about it, right? I mean, people, yeah. if you ask it, what's H1N1, they'll think it's like a type of visa, right? Yeah. But <laughs> five, <laughs> five, yeah. 500,000 people died in that flu, and it's a regular right. flu. The good old flu, yeah. right, of 2009. And life moved on. And so um, yeah. if you, if you want to, you can possibly make an argument of what in the world is a big deal, right? And I'm not yeah. saying that that's my argument, but you can right. definitely make it when yeah. you look at the scoreboard. Of, the scoreboard right. is like, this is not a big deal. So, so a lot of people are obviously making that argument. Yeah. But I think it's almost similar to saying, like, let's say World War II had just started. We're in like the first two months of World War II. Right. And, and, and somebody came up to you and said, well, you know, what's the big deal with World War II business? I mean, World War I killed more people right up until that point in time. Correct. But World War II wasn't over yet. Right. So and, and, and they would later find that the deaths would eclipse World War I by like a huge margin. Huge margin. So I think, can I, can I um, yeah. a- answer that? Well, one of the things is that at least in, a, in, in our part of the world, in the Northeast, there are precautions being taken that would would i would assume would really temper yeah. the growth and the spread that, of the virus that, that's i why. think that's i think that's what i think that's a natural assumption that most people are making um but like i know me and moeen have been like looking at this for like two months and like even the extreme kind of quarantine measures that uh, i mean china's a like a totalitarian state like they can do whatever they want they could lock people in their homes they could you know stuff people in jail cells i don't think we would we would ever see that kind of response in america although yeah. alex might be like you know we might of course <laughs> we will give the government give, give 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 the government a chance uh to prove themselves <laughs> just as bad as china but um I think that uh, even if we embarked on that level of an extreme quarantine, yeah. we're still, this wave is still kind of coming. Uh, and even, even the data out of China, like out of Wuhan, like they went on an extreme like quarantine and they were still hit pretty hard. Like their hospitals were overwhelmed. So I think it remains to be seen. I mean, a lot of this stuff is like speculative. So obviously it's like, you know, you don't, it, anything could happen, but um it, it almost seems like being precautious, like there's no downside to being precautious, right? Like there is wrong. a huge outbreak, uh, downside. You know how many cash businesses are just going belly up in, by next week? Yeah. Or the week after that? And then when that, when that happens, do you know where theft and robbery is going to go up to? Right? Yeah, let's, let's do the raise hand thing. But Alex, do you think you were going to say something? No, I, 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 I agree with Dr. Shadi, actually. And specifically, that's why I think it is a big deal, because I think that the whatever precautions we're taking, whatever 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 we're doing to try to stem the the spread of this, um, whether it's called for or not, it's going to happen, right? Right. So it doesn't it doesn't matter that this maybe is just like another flu. Suppose it is, right? It's just a, a another type of flu. First, there's real impacts to that because the flu also exists. It's not like this is one this year's seasonal flu is really it, bad. Right. It's more like we have the seasonal flu plus this. And every year we're going to have this now because it's, it's a new pathogen that's uh, a new virus that's come into the population. It's not going to go away just like the flu doesn't go away, just like the common cold doesn't go away. 
that's A. So the impact on the healthcare system is permanent. So it's double the amount of, even if it's just the flu, it's double the amount of people that are going to be in hospital, double the amount of people that are going to die, double the amount of people that are going to need uh, treatment, double the amount of loss of um, productivity. If it's just regular flu, same kind of uh, impact. Because of that, we're now taking precautions to avoid the kind of stuff that we're seeing in Italy and Iran. And that is destroying, uh, destroying the global economy, mm-hmm. right? We're yeah. interconnected in a way that we weren't even in 2009. Mm-hmm. And where this hit first is the supply chain to the majority of the world in a time where our consumables, are, we're a consumer society that consumes disposable everything. I mean, like look at Google fast fashion, right? People don't even wear stuff for six months anymore. You buy a shirt for this season, by next season it's out. You'll never wear it next year. That gets tossed into the garbage or it gets sent to a country where they don't even want it either. And then it gets into a landfill. And that just keeps, keeps happening, keeps happening. This is, that's over. Also, we rely on China for like 80, 80% or 85% of our antibiotics. And China and India combined are like 95% of our pharmaceutical production. That's gotta go. For generics, so, yeah, yeah. So this kind of this kind of situation is going to completely alter, not permanently, not just the way we we interact with one each another. You know, social distancing, less handshaking, more hygiene. It's also going to impact the way our economy works. The stock market is plummeting. Uh, we're cutting interest rates to zero. A Republican president is proposed is proposing a UBI. It's, <laughs> this is wild. This is a completely wild situation. Yeah. Now, whether it's an overreaction or not is irrelevant because that that reaction is going to happen, whether it's an underreaction, like Moya yep. might think, or an overreaction, like some people think, is irrelevant. It's happening. Yeah. So sure. this you is ha- actually catastrophic, no matter how bad the disease actually turns out to be. Yeah, so yeah. You ha- you, in summary is that you have to, there has to be a reaction, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, just the fact, the way they're talking about it, and, uh, you know, and they talk about it, and once they start using the word outbreak and things like that, uh, war. They're using war terminology now. Actually, the, the president is. today today Trump said called himself a wartime president. Yeah, wartime. <laughs> Cuomo has been saying, "Hey, we're we're enacting like a war against like they're treating it like uh like this is like all units mobilized type of yeah. thing." And yeah. and I think I I, I want to comment a couple of things. One is I don't think this is an underreaction. Here here's my thing. I think we had a severe underreaction a month and a half ago. At this point, I think it's all moot, right? We, we passed the point where we could have contained this and stopped this. I think, like Alex said, it's it, it, now there is going to be ramifications of this, right? A, a few things that I want to comment on about, like the death rate. Now, like I said, even if it's ten or if it's ten million, I think it does make a difference, and it is a big deal because over the last one hundred years, right? In Western nations, at least, especially in America, we have never faced anything that has sort of changed our lifestyle after the Great Depression, for example. Uh, not at a drastic way, the way that this is all of a sudden. And I think the last 20 years, we have lived in a period of extreme uh, indulgence. And I think if you told people tomorrow that their Amazon Prime deliver- deliveries are no longer coming, that's a big the world, problem. The world has collapsed for them. That's worse yeah. than Corona. That's a that is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> that is exactly. worse than Corona. 
a wrap. Uh, like, you, you tell me that, and that's going to be a big, bigger deal than Corona. Like if you told me tomorrow, the internet will no longer exist. Nobody's going to die. The internet, uh, internet's just not around anymore. Then, then half the population's dying real quick. Yeah. Right. right. So right. this is where you know you have to realize that our world today is created in such an interconnected fashion. Fragile. It's so fragile. It, it it's, fragile. It's, it, even if I told you, hey, listen, this virus is going to kill nobody. It's just going to take out the internet. You'll be like, we need to stop this thing as soon as possible, right? Yeah. Because there's too many impacts of what this thing could actually do. All we did was take out China. Not even, right? China, just the supply chain stopped. What happened? All of a sudden, now we can't even uh, get anything in hospitals, right? No. Now, I mean, and now the supply chain problems haven't started yet. They're going to start in March. We still had enough stock on hand to be able to run us through March. Now, just as this thing starts to ramp up, some hospitals are claiming they don't have uh, uh, masks. Like it's not even a, like uh, something crazy like a ventilator. They don't have masks. Some hospital was sewing cloths. They bought like sewing machines and they're sewing cloths in the hospital to put it on the uh, put on the N95 masks so they could use them multiple times throughout the day, which is already dangerous, right? So we're talking about like we're not talking like high level dosages of medicine. What are people going to do when they run out of their Xanax? <laughs> like I, I laugh, but this is this is why it's a big deal. It's not, if we, if, if I told you that I kicked you back 50 years into the past, but nobody died, then that's a huge deal, right? Like, Hey, like in, in, in the, when the Spanish flu happened in 1918, there was no internet. There weren't like huge, there were supply chains obviously, but they weren't connected in the way they are today. Right. And so even things like at the hospital, yeah, we have great healthcare and medicine. We don't have uh, people don't have money to pay the hospital bills. Uh, did you know ambulance companies in the U.S. are privatized? So the moment, like you know, these guys start getting sick, they're going to stop coming. That's true. <laughs> what you have a question? Yeah. So, like, what? When was the? What was the bad part? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, um, no, but 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 in all honesty, right? Like, I think the the. Um, the fact that we're calling it a reaction at all is kind of already proof of, of what's going on, right? Like everything that we do is going to be a reaction and it's just going to try to lessen the impact, but it's not going to be able to avoid it, right? It, it is a reaction. It's not, it's not like we were anybody prepared for this. They're reacting to it. So, you know, right. it's just going to be like a, a, a you know, you're, you're, you're a fire started and you're, you've got a bucket of water and you start like pouring it on the fire to try to put it out. And it's a self-fulfilling process. I, I have a question. If, um, all right, SARS is pretty bad, right? You know about SARS, right? We've yeah. already surpassed the death toll for SARS, by the way. Okay, now listen to this. SARS is a big scary this is, thing, so, right? This is the sequel to SARS. This, this is, is, by the way, this is SARS-2. This yeah. is SARS. So, the actual name so, is SARS-CoV-2. Yep. So severe acute respiratory syndrome, SARS, is 2002, right. okay? 2000, yeah. 2004. And it hit China, Hong Kong, Taiwan, and Singapore, okay? That death toll never passed 600. Right. Right? Yeah. Max, maybe like an estimate will tell you 800. Now, right. I have a problem with calling that an outbreak, right? In China, 800 people die of old age every day, right? Mm -hmm. 
so how is how is the Mike my mate where, where I'm getting to is the language being used here and the fear put forth by the media over 800 people in two years not oh in one year in two years okay so let's say in a hypothetical situation the death toll of corona never passes worldwide death toll never passes 15,000 yeah, let me give you let me give you ask you a question yeah okay do 15,000 uh, people just die don't 15,000 people die worldwide every day if a if a let's say you're in a building yeah. and the shooter comes into a building yeah. right you're not going to sit there and say hey more people in this building die from diabetes every year we shouldn't worry about this shooter that's so no, but a shooter is something. A shooter is something that we see and know and are obliged to act upon. But you wouldn't shut down the city because there's a shooter, right? Yeah, you would. You would shut down. The, of course, you would. You would shut down the building, wouldn't you? The building, maybe, but not the city. But look at this. Uh, in this issue of uh, <laughs> see, your example was so crazy. That's why. <laughs> Your example, your example no, is so crazy. I see what Doc I'm, is saying. What I'm right? saying is there's yeah. going to be the next pandemic that comes around. We're going to say, oh, no, we're not going to do it like those idiots from 2020 who yeah. shut the whole world down for a thing that killed 15,000 people over six right. months worldwide. Okay, what's the, what's the I think the difference is, I think the difference, Doc, is that um, obviously nobody knows how this is going to progress and, and how severe it could get. but they do have methodologies to kind of project how fast things spread, you know, the mortality rate of how many people that are infected end up dying. And like their projections, if, if left unmitigated are like, this could be really bad, right? Like this could take out a huge chunk of the population, um, a big enough chunk of the population to cause significant problems. Yeah. Uh, especially where things you're going to have to react. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so I think that's they're they're trying to take things from horrible to awful, right? Like, like I think that's that's really what they're they're trying to do at this point with all these measures. They're like, we know it's going to be bad, but how can we make it less bad than it might be? And we and and you know these sacrifices of like the economy and like these things are going to happen no matter what. So we might as well just do it now because those things are going to be an eventuality. Yeah. Even if we don't do, even if we don't shut things down. Right? Yeah. I, I, I don't have a problem with that. I'm just saying, I'm just, uh, yeah. Uh, being devil's advocate and saying, no, no, why not this? Why not that? I think a lot of people have, have those kind of, um, concerns or like those, uh, you know, objections yeah. to like a lot of what the media is saying, but, um, but so here, here's the thing, right? If the deaths are limited to say 15,000, I don't think that any reasonable person will look back and go, oh, we definitely overreacted and we did too much. Because if they're limited to 15,000, it's because people took extreme measures. Exactly. And that's exactly why it's very hard to ever you know, win in a defensive situation. Like security yep. guards, how do security guards justify themselves, right? Their presence pushed, made criminals move away, right? Yes, yeah, deterrence. Right. It's deterrence. Yeah. So how does anything in a deterrence situation ever justify yeah. itself? Like, because it's somebody could be like, well, nobody came to your building because, so why didn't you use a security guard? Well, maybe yeah. nobody came to the building because there was a security exactly. guard, right? Yeah. So it's one well, here's, types. well, let's talk about something else too. And this is something that's pretty alarming. If this lasts more than three, three weeks and you guys are very confident that it, it's going to last more than three months, right? 
uh, these lockdowns, then crime rates should go up as soon as people start losing jobs. And that thousand yeah. dollars from the government's not going to really do much for people, right? You do. Yeah. So, so crime rate but is Alex definitely going up. One, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of police police agencies, including some in here in New Jersey, I have confirmation on that. I, I don't even know if this is responsible for saying, but it's some. Yeah, it's, not, if it's, not. it's been published in other states. Police agencies are not making arrests on non-reported crimes. So a lot of what a lot of police agencies do as part of their work is is so-called proactive police work, which is they're engaging in stops, they're engaging the public, they're investigating suspicious-looking people or activities or whatever, right? Whatever the justification for it is, that's out. Now they're only responding to calls of of reports of crime, and in California, they're not even arresting and jailing people unless it's very serious or violent crimes. What they're doing is they're arresting them, they're giving them a court date, and they're sending them back out on the street. So, and that's going for anything that's nonviolent and anything that's not deemed really, really serious. So like selling drugs, uh, burglaries, people breaking into homes, any of those kind of crimes, they're just going to hit you with a, with, a, with a court date process you fingerprint you and send you right back on the street they're not putting you in the jails the count the la county J- sheriff released did an early release on a bunch of people on a bunch of uh people that were coming close to the end of their sentence just let them out um this is and as as this becomes more and more known that police are not doing car stops for any reason except like uh, an imminent danger to the public so they see somebody driving down the street speeding expired license lights out whatever right anything that normally would get you stopped and then they start sniffing around and asking you questions, none of that's going to happen. They're only stopping cars if they look like they're uh, drunk, weaving in and out, or if they're like riding on the sidewalk about to hit somebody. Other than that, they're not engaging in car stops anymore. Um, They're also charging less crimes. So I'll give you an example. uh, Where I work, normally we get uh, anywhere from half a dozen to 30 people uh, lodged in the jail every night every day on a 24-hour basis. In the last two days, we've had three. Wow. These together. Wow. Nobody's getting arrested. Nobody's getting charged. Um, And the the three that we had were domestic violence cases. So somebody got beat up and called the cops, and the cops came. Two of them were women, by the way. (laughs) And and Um, I think... Their husbands. I think... See, that's why I don't treat this virus as a sort of black box incident with, with only deaths. Everything that comes with it is the virus. If somebody gets put in quarantine and they commit suicide, that's the virus, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not a virus. It's not directly from the virus, but it's a secondary death because of the virus, right? Uh, and I think that's extremely important. And I think Saad just posted he has to pray also. I think we should wrap up soon after pray also as well. Um, don't you guys have like 10 more hours for that? Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you something else regarding that. Um, so we got noticed that immigration is not transporting anyone to court. Federal, federal prisons are not transporting anyone to, to courts. St- state prisons are not transporting anybody to, to the county. It's, the entire criminal justice system is basically on, on a big pause. Yeah. And so they're not going to do <clears throat> Crime is absolutely 100% going to go up. Yep. And the police are going to be loath to, rep- to come to, your, to you calling that somebody's mm-hmm. outside your house suspicious. Yep. They're, they're going to go, well, are Yo, they breaking in or not? And question. by the time they actually broke in. Yeah, question. 
uh, gun sales. How are they doing? They're through the roof right now. You can't buy anything. You can't find anything. You can't. The permitting process for New Jersey is all backed up. I got mine. Uh, I got mine. Now I need to actually make use of it. (laughs) And make a purchase. I need to make a purchase. Oh, so so that's the thing. If you got your ID, right? Even if you purchase a gun, right? At the... At the at the dealer, they're gonna do a transfer and they're gonna do a c- criminal background check. That yeah. process is hamstrung as well now. Wait, uh, what was the point yeah. of getting the uh, the license? You have to go. Well, I mean, you know, background welcome check. to New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, it's called NICS. It's the National Instant Check System. But Instant is a hours. euphemism at this point. <laughs> Listen, then, what what's your opinion then about just getting? I don't even know if we're supposed to talk about this on the podcast, but. <laughs> you get ordering a fake gun from China. Think about it for self defense. For, for self for self defense, yes. just to have it invisible, right? Invisible. You can't get you can't get that delivered to New Jersey. Yeah, you can. Why not? New Jersey bans any any guns, 80%. even the toy guns that look like they're like they're real. Yeah. Wait a second, yeah. from Amazon. Yeah, to New Jersey. Sorry, not Amazon. Oh, really? Not Amazon. Not Amazon. What's the other dude? Jack Ma. AliExpress. From Alibaba. Alibaba. Hey, listen, tuck it into a teddy bear. Nothing right? is coming from China. Amazon, Amazon, <laughs> I know on Amazon, Amazon, so in New Jersey, you can't buy like an airsoft gun, which yeah. shoots like a little rubber thing, like for little kids use it to play. Yeah. You can't buy that without a, without a, without a firearms ID in yeah. New Jersey. Alibaba. Allah. Uh, I, I, these Yo, guys, Alex, hey, hey, listen. Alibaba listen. is down for the count. Let's listen. Let's... When you, when you, they're probably down for the count, but, but when you deal with Alibaba, like four, four weeks after you make your purchase, you're going to get a random WhatsApp message, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Yep. And then there's Hello, a guy. friend. Exactly. <laughs> and <laughs> so you've done this before. And the guy I've never bought from them. Yeah. And there, there's going to be a guy saying, hey, I'm standing right here with your package in the China airport. There's been some delays, but it'll get to you. You you forget and and you forget about it. Five months later, it appears in the mail, right? It's and like then you get, forget you wanted it. You're like, I don't even want this anymore. Well, to be but back to back to this issue, and we got to wrap up right now. But back to this issue of self uh, of crime going up means self defense has to go up. And even yeah. if you don't use guns, I was talking to uh, Wakar and I said, you guys in Birmingham, you guys got it easy. You guys got a gang. You already have a mentality over there. And you guys should be walking up and down the streets with, with your cricket bats. And it'll show that you, you can't mess with this street, right? You can't mess with this street. Because if we're talking about what you're saying, three and six months, by the end of the six, by the fourth and fifth, sixth month, there's going to be home robberies in suburban areas. There's no doubt about it, right? So you got to make a presence for yourself. Your presence has to be known. And I'm telling you, this is where the suburban mentality is a disaster. They're such wimps and so uh, weak, okay? They're afraid of guns. That's the first thing. <laughs> They're afraid of any militaristic image, but that's what's going to keep you safe, that you have people walking up doing community whatever as if it looks like this is a gang of guys that are protecting this neighborhood. Am I talking right. craziness, right? <laughs> no, because if not you at guys, all. You, not no. at all. When you guys were talking, the way you guys are talking, this is the logical flow of, of, of the conversation mm-hmm. is that By we're not going to be worried about corona. We're going to worry in, about robberies. In New Jersey, apparently, and this is hearsay, so I don't know, but apparently yeah. at a bunch of the gun stores, there were reports of like liberals showing up trying to buy to guns, get guns. And, yeah. then, and then getting frustrated that you had to go through this whole process of getting an ID <laughs> and doing all that stuff. 
They were like, why? They, were, they, they wanted to get guns to defend themselves. And they were like, why is this whole process in place? Like, yeah. why, why can't we just get it today? <laughs> I just found that really funny. I, I actually know a lot of uh, a, few, a few liberals who, after Trump got elected, were like, oh, I have to go get a gun now. Yeah. And I was like, what you, it, this is literally what you can criticize people for doing, for wanting to defend themselves. And you're not even being realistic. No yeah. MAGA people are coming to kill you. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's basically where we're going. And it's going to be axes. So we went bats. from being positive. I like how Moeen was like, <laughs> I don't want to do all doom and gloom. <laughs> Listen, we went from, we went from being positive to now we're talking about forming our own militia. Listen, I, I put up, listen, I put up a wall in front of you and Sat. Yes or no? I put up a wall. I you said, did. this is a big overreaction. Devil's you advocates. Did. You guys mm-hmm. broke down the wall. Now the water's going the opposite <laughs> way now. Now we're on so, month five. We're on, you know, having community watch groups in boots, right? But I well, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you something else. What the other the other thing that's that the other way that this could turn out, which is very possible, is we end up a failed economy because the government, in order to prevent, you know, rampant unemployment, homelessness, etc., just start throwing printing literally printing money and throwing it at the problem. Yep. And um a year from now, we find ourselves with a collapsed economy because that's, Alex, you can't do that. And, and so, Alex, and, you definitely know what went down in Argentina in 2001, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, poor, I mean, poor. how is that? That's a very plausible scenario. It is. No, the, it really is. Because you literally have the Republican Party now going full. Uh, we, have to, we have to do, you know, what FDR did during the right. Great Depression. It's, we, we, we easily could find ourselves in a situation where our entire economy completely collapsed. I posted, well, I posted that one document that I saw in, uh, it was a city in Illinois. It was a court document around uh, emergency powers that, that a mayor of like, I think like oh, yeah. Champaign, Illinois posted. And yep. some of the things in that were, were very unconstitutional sounding. Now, <laughs> and the like, thing is, the thing is you have people, I think a, a large number of people, especially younger people who <laughs> would like nothing better than mm-hmm. for, the government to just go, we're going to give you money and we're going to wipe out all your debt and we're going to provide fake jobs, keep busy jobs so we can justify paying you money. And I mean, like Nas, who's not on the podcast today and we tease him about it, but Nas really hopes, and I hope I'm not misquoting him, but he really thinks that the, the federal government has to step in to make things better for people. And that does not ever work. Never it works. only makes things much, much worse. You need tribes. You need, if you want social, you want straight militia. <laughs> so, social security, <laughs> the best social security is the tribal system, right or wrong? Right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. The corporations are not, they've replaced, nations replace tribes, corporations replace nations, and corporations right. are worse than taking care of their, their employees than nations have been, than taking care of their citizens, right? So, uh, but the last thing I want to say is, do you guys remember some long time ago, I, my, my, one of my tra- trajections of possibilities is that Trump gets in and then some destabilizing factor occurs somewhere yeah, towards that. the end of his term, right? And he cancels elections and literally can cancel democracy too. If the so-called flattening of the curve doesn't happen by the fall, the elections will not There's happen. no elections yet. There's no the, Ohio didn't hold the primary yet. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And, but you guys did. You guys do remember we talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
and and you know what I find interesting is, and and I'm going to go in a slightly different direction is a lot of these things that are happening in cancellations. And you mentioned it in your in your community update yesterday is what happens when you stop Jumas and Umrahs and you stop all of these spiritual protections that are on the earth, right? What happens? I mean, when you when you stop it all, all of a sudden, right? Bro, this that, causes that's a, a whole nother podcast. That's, that's a whole nother podcast. Appears, in my opinion. That's a whole nother podcast. When yeah. you have days and days of no dua for the ummah going up from the Haramein Sharifain, and how many misajid for Jumu'ah, and that's our protection. And that was our protection, and it, it, it wasn't even enough, the dua, mm-hmm. right? Our dua, collectively as an ummah, because we know that nothing stops the qada except dua. The qada being the trials raining down upon us. And the trials were still raining through all that dua, right? Now remove all that. And what is, the, what is going to be willed for us in the future? SubhanAllah, at that point, man, you better make, be making a lot of personal dua to compensate that. Absolutely. So I don't, yeah. don't want to end it on a doom and gloom thing. So I'll say two things. One, one of the, one of the good, whatever, whatever the reality of how deadly this disease is, whatever, right? One of the things that this is, is a reminder that as much as we were enjoying our safety and security, while Muslims in places like Myanmar and in China and in other places of the world were getting slaughtered and raped and thrown into prison camps and all, all because of their religion, our comforts are only blessings from Allah and they are, can be taken away at any moment. And even if, we get, even if we lose all of this, we still won't be suffering as badly as they were, as they continue to be. And now we don't even think about them because we're too worried that we're going to get sick and die or that right. our lifestyle is going to change. Yeah. So it's just a reminder. Uh, before, my, the last thing I'll say is just a reminder of the Hadith of the Prophet that the strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak believer. Though there's good in both. Mm-hmm. And so be avid for that which benefits. Be of good cheer. Mm-hmm. Rely on Allah and don't think yourself incapable. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there and if something happens to you, don't say, oh, I should have done such and such because that's only shaitan playing with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm going to end it here as well. Uh, one, I'm not of the, you know, don't panic, don't worry, it's going to be fine crowd. Uh, I, I truly believe that when you get on oh, a plane, uh, and I know I said that in the beginning of the podcast, but here, I'm, if we're going to go doom and gloom, then I'm going to go out doom and gloom. But here's what I'd like to say about it. When you get on a plane, right, and you go through turbulence, you – don't want the pilot to get on and say, don't panic guys. You know, you want him to get on and say, Hey, listen, we're going to go through a little bit of turbulence. Uh, this is going to be bumpy. I'm going to try to take it up, you know, uh, to, to higher altitude, whatever it might be. And I want you to hang in tight. And when it does go up, you're finally like, Oh, when, when you start hitting the turbulence, you say, oh, okay, you know, this is, this is what the pilot told us. We were, we were expecting this and you know, it's going to be rough, but we'll get through it. And I think, the tr- it holds true here as well. I don't like giving people this nice message of it's going to be fine. Nothing is going to happen. You're still going to continue getting your prime deliveries and you're going to just continue binge watching Netflix. I'm sorry, this, that, that, that is not going to happen. Um, and, and, and it might for a little while, but it, it, it's going to go away it, it, based on the trajectory that we're on. Um, and I think if it does, khair, I mean, this is from Allah. Everything is from Allah, right? Take it uh, as, as the test that we have. 
I mean, other nations and other people have faced a lot worse, like uh, Elias just mentioned, right? There was uh, Muslims all across the world that were going through tragedies, and, and here we were sitting, you know, eating our Cheetos and watching Netflix and watching mm-hmm. documentaries on them. Mm-hmm. So it, it is, like you mentioned, Dr. Shadi, that Allah has given us uh, any test that comes upon us is a mercy from Allah, right? It yeah. removes our sins. It removes uh, the wrongs that we've done. And if we enter a new world, then we enter a new world. And if we don't, then khair. We, we don't. And, right? and also, why, and why that's not, um, it's not all doom and gloom, right? So like, I know a lot of, you'll, you'll hear a lot of people on the news and in like the financial world saying that like, hey, if the economy crashes, everything's going to be bad. You know, it's going to be a lot of problems, unemployment, all this stuff. But I mean, you know, there's always silver linings, right? Like if, if this is something that causes us to move away from an interest and, you know, credit based economy, then that's a good thing, right? Like that everybody should be happy about that, right? So, so there's certain things that, um, you know, there's silver linings to all of this stuff. Yeah. When you go through a difficulty, going through it by yourself is much more difficult than going through it with other people. Take Ramadan, right? Try fasting outside of Ramadan. It's way more difficult than doing it together with the community. Very difficult. And I think the same holds true here. Yeah, things might go bad. Let's say a lot of us lose our jobs, but it's not like I'm the only one losing my job. A lot Mm -hmm. of other people also are losing their jobs. And when everybody loses their jobs, then new economies will be created and new jobs will be created. We'll just sort of restructure into a new new type of uh, economy. And, and will lives be lost along the way? Lives are lost along the way anyway, right? Mm-hmm. I think uh, we've talked about this on other podcasts where, you know, when seatbelts came along, the, the number of uh, car accident deaths really didn't go down. Uh, when uh, parachutes came out, you know, the number of people dying from, you know, falling out of airplanes didn't really go down, I guess. And, and I found that re- crazy to think about even then. And, and the same holds true your fate and your uh, life and death are written either way, right? We know this. So why continue, you know, worrying about this? Whatever comes is going to come and, and it'll be good, inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. Uh, so I'll end it on that. You can. All right, it great. I mean, we had such a cozy and fuzzy uh, podcast that everyone, whatever people listen to after this, uh, it's going to be uplifting, right? Inshallah. <laughs> inshallah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> Get your bats, people, and start walking in the streets with your bats from now. <laughs> uh, your cricket bats, baseball bats in America. Shit, you're saying bats. you're mispronouncing the G. What is it? You're mispronouncing the G as a, like a B. Uh, get, mm. Cats. Cats. <laughs> Cats. I wish, man. I was too late. I was too late. I've always had a feeling I was going to be too late about this. <laughs> so, good luck. It's all good. Inshallah. Yeah, alhamdulillah. All right. Jazakallah khairan, guys. All right. Hey, listen, we could do this like multiple times a week now. We don't have to. Hey, listen, we could take calls too. We could. We could, yeah. We could, we could, could bring take in calls. guests. We can we have can other bring people in. hop on. You, you guys want to wanna get Waqar on to see what the England situation is like? That would be awesome. Let's get that actually. physicist on here. <laughs> What's he going to tell us? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, no offense, but like... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. We, we, you know who we should get? We should get um, doc, Dr. Check. Oh, yes. He's specialist. No way. Didn't know this. Okay, good. So let's do that. All right. 
uh, next next uh, Monday, maybe next next week. We'll see. Yeah. What happens. We're all yeah, we, we're all I mean, home. We're yeah, all we're all home. home. And free. Right. I mean, this is actually healthy for me, so I, I don't even mind doing this. You know, more. Than yeah. More. Good. Yeah. Once we'll see how sad. We don't even need to record it. We could. I just talk on and talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, but, uh, I, I, I think, uh, I think maybe we can, we can talk Albena into coming on. Yeah, let's get Albena. Uh, Albena is going to be good with both uh, the the medical and the guns element. And by the way, uh, <laughs> uh, and then by the way, uh, what you call it? Um, I was going to say. Uh, um, if people who, who can listen and listen in on community updates as well, if you want another platform to listen in and, and type in your comments and questions, uh, today Mufti Niaz is coming on uh, on a call for community updates. And again, if people want to keep studying, they could keep studying with ArcView, and that continues to keep going yep. and even growing now that uh, I, I only haven't done any because the, the laptop's been in use because of all this homeschooling business. But uh, that's actually growing now more than ever, now that we're all uh, online. So, uh, also, also yeah. community updates come on after after Maghrib, seven thirty. Child, right after Maghrib. Right. If you need a laptop, they're really good. If you yeah, need I'm a right. laptop or a computer, buy it now before the supply chain hits. Yeah, yeah. Issues hit because that's so buy be everything, first to go. anything you need, buy it now. And I don't mean toilet mm -hmm. paper. I mean things you yeah. need. Yeah, and totally. And I, I, I just went and I bought uh, a second um, Isn't you know, it? These mini recorder, uh, yeah. the, the converters for the cameras. I bought second and third yeah. versions of those in case they go I out. You just mentioned toilet paper, but is it, isn't it fascinating now that everybody is talking about hygiene and like the importance of washing and like personal protective equipment to cover up? And I was like, these guys just this need is to this is Corona Sharia, man. Corona Sharia. Corona's giving dawa out here. Totally. And and even before, without toilet paper, I was like, listen, you run out of toilet paper, no big deal. You call up your grandma in the other country. Hey, in the old world. Hey, before toilet paper, how did you guys used to do it? Right? They didn't have toilet paper for a long time in these countries. How did they do it? Right? I just want to make a note, since this is a Safina podcast, I think the yeah. LGBT issue may have just resolved itself on its own. Yeah, Pride Parade canceled. <laughs> All the Pride Parades are, are canceled now. Wow. Well, they had one, and they got in, people got infected, right? Yeah. <laughs> with, with what? With Corona. No. Besides all their other stuff. <laughs> yeah, besides all the other stuff. <laughs> corona would be the yeah. least, right? So, well, what, what do you, you saying they got cured? <laughs> no, he wanted Corona, or you want an STD. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. لعلي وحسين وحسن لا إله إلا الله الله والصلاة على مولاي رسول الله
أحب أهلي البيت فارض عندنا أحب أهلي البيت فارض عندنا وبهذا الحب لا نخشى المحن وبهذا الحب لا نخشى وبهذا الحب لا نخشى المحان كل من كان محبا لهم كل من كان محبا له يدخل الجنة من غير حزن يدخل الجنة من غار إن شاء الله